Hello, e-commerce visionaries. Welcome to another Power Pack this week with Sabir episode. I'm your host, Sabir Summerkan, founder and head of growth at Growth by Sabir. Today, we are unveil unveiling the secrets that propelled brands like Pier One Imports, James Oro, uh, Compass Health Brands, Macrotex, and Bodybuilding.com to stellar heights on Tradeful. In this $100 million episode, we're privileged to have Eric Casper, the mastermind behind Tradeful, a platform that's not just an e-commerce solution, but a global marketplace revolution. Eric, a visionary who's redefining the e-commerce landscape, will unpack the strategies that have empowered businesses to scale beyond borders, breaking the confines of traditional platforms. Get ready for an eye-opening journey that will transform how you perceive e-commerce scaling and global marketplaces. Eric, welcome to this week with Sabir live. Hey Sabir, uh, thanks for having me. It's a great uh, honor to join your uh, join your show today. I'm uh, very excited to uh, share the tradeful journey and um, you know have two e-commerce pioneers on here uh, sharing. Yeah, I mean just before we go went live, you know we were talking about how, you and I have been uh, in this game for like 20 plus years. So I think this is why this is the $100 million episode. You know? <laughs> I think the audience is going to get a ton of, of value based on just our mere conversation that we're having today. So Eric, bef before we get started, uh, can you take us back to the beginning and share how the concept of Tradeful was born and what specific gaps in the e-commerce market you aim to address? Oh, man. Yeah. Go all the way back, right? So you know, go back 20 years, right? So Tradeful, originally we were a retailer, started in a garage. I uh, went to a get rich quick seminar right after I graduated high school, right? So local, local university, and they were selling websites in 2003 for $50,000 a piece. I didn't have it. I was like, but I was passionate about technology. So I built a watch website got invited to amazon 30 days later as one of the very first third-party jewelry and watch sellers um, and that's how we started in in a garage right and then that was all drop ship got into traditional sourcing buying selling of inventory became extremely passionate about providing goods and and products to customers uh, all around the world and we did that for about 15 years and about 2019 uh, a vendor of ours called us and said hey uh you know we want to sell more you guys are so good at it can you help us sell more and i was like oh that's actually a great idea so he was a test pilot for us uh, we tested the we didn't even have a brand yet we tested the, the platform with him and um, he took and and we sold right away uh, we went down, set up his warehouse, and within a few days, he was selling on all the marketplaces that we could sell on, and that's where the concept for Tradeful was born, and we've been building and scaling it since. Very cool. Now, uh, what are the core values that drive Tradeful's operations, and how do these principles translate into the services and solutions you offer to e-commerce businesses? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, so... Our motto today is that you build great products and we do the rest. Our 20 years of uh, e-commerce experience has allowed us to know how to sell products, know how to grow brands, 
know how to provide guidance to our customers, which is which is truly what I what I love about this business is taking that that experience and helping these companies navigate uh, the e-commerce space, which, as you know, is extremely complex. So our core values are all about entrepreneurship internally. I mean, we, we have that mindset and we take and use that mindset to help other companies and other entrepreneurs become successful in the e-com space. Oh, very cool. Now, um, that, th you know, it is a very crowded marketplace, right? I mean, I, I, with solutions, you know, like, yeah. uh, so what are the unique features and approaches that, uh, Tradeful stands out and offers added value to its clients? Yeah. Well, as you know, e-commerce is in, is very, very difficult and it's extremely fragmented. I mean, you go out and you, you know, you hire your Amazon ad agency or Walmart ad agency, you hire Shopify builders, SEO creators and doers, right? Uh, you hire somebody to integrate your inventory, somebody to, you know, do your B2B fulfillment, to do your D2C fulfillment, to handle your supply chain. You go out, you basically do all these different pieces and parts. And what Tradeful does is it pulls all of that together in a unified commerce platform. We help you from one centralized platform because the technology is our secret sauce. One centralized platform to do your B2B selling. If you want to sell on Nordstrom, you want to sell in-store at Nordstrom, you want to sell on Amazon, you want to sell on your Shopify, your big commerce store. Our system handles all of that seamlessly for you from one centralized system, your product information management, your order management, and then ultimately your fulfillment, which is a key component to being successful in e-commerce. And in the absence, I mean, what you're what you just said, that's huge, though. I mean, I want to I want to unpack it a little bit more, yeah. uh, even though we're just talking about the basic uh, topics at, at the at the beginning of this interview. If you don't do that, because you and I are veterans in this industry, if you yeah. don't do that, that means you might be touching 20 to 30 different apps and integrations and breakpoints yeah. and. Yeah, I mean, there are there are solutions like Zapier that takes mm -hmm. it and you could glue it together and stuff yeah. like that. But what what, ha what what happens when you glue things together? That yeah. glue is going to dry up very quickly, <laughs> you know, and and things yeah. fall apart. And then all of a sudden, the things that were that one point that is supposed to connect to this other point for delivering order, for example, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. You already spent so much money on marketing. Now you're you're sending that person yeah. And the person is waiting for their order to arrive in the next two to three days or maybe five to seven days. That yeah. order never made it to the warehouse, you know. Yeah. And, and if yeah. you don't have if you're gluing these kind of disparate systems together, you're bound to provide ultimately a disappointing customer service at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. And, that, and that's all. I mean, I, I take great pride in the fact that our customers trust us with their customers. Right. And, and by being a retailer first and then creating this, creating tradeful out of that retailer, it's an extremely powerful uh, benefit to our customers because all of that staff and teams that have been with me for decades are here to help companies, you know, understand and, and operate. I mean, it's a common uh, thing that I see where, where companies will launch their business basically into a sandbox, right? They'll launch into Shopify, they'll launch into Amazon, 
and, and they don't know how to get get out of that sandbox and, and tradefold makes it extremely painless to get out of that sandbox and reach the rest of the marketplaces or help you get in store help you get your products on major retailers or help you with your b2b fulfillment for those major retailers i mean we yeah. do all of that work for for free basically to help you help you set up and, and get get into the commerce journey yeah, I mean, if you look at, it's not just those two things you just mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. you, you and I have lived this through this. Yeah. I mean, you and I take off our shirts. There'll be <laughs> plenty of scars on our back, you know? Because yeah. uh, even within the Shopify ecosystem, there are so many apps. And then within those apps, then you have all the channels within Shopify you have to handle. That's just a Shopify ecosystem. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, you have Amazon. Now... There are companies that want to actually expand out, and and the the topic of of this episode is forty plus marketplaces, mm -hmm. global marketplaces. From for them to go from Shopify to add on Amazon, that's an undertaking because Amazon yeah. has its own app infrastructure and uh, logistics yeah. and challenges with FBA and getting yeah. delisted. And yeah. I mean, I did several episodes on uh, where I brought on Amazon experts that talked about various different pain points of, of working with yeah. on the Amazon platform. And, uh, on top of that, then the conversation is, okay, we would like to expand our business. Can we put our products on Walmart? Can we work with target? Mm -hmm. Can we work with eBay? Can we work with Etsy? The yeah. thing is every one of those things means now we, they have to invest on a infrastructure and yeah. expertise and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so that requires time, money, and a lot of mistakes, <laughs> a lot of mistakes. Yeah. That means time and money and more, <laughs> yeah. even more. There's yeah. a domino effect there. So I, I think that you and I bring a very interesting lens, right? Yeah. The e-commerce landscape from 20 years ago to what it is today. I, I think we have seen all those things. I'm sure that you went through in 20 years ago you were coding the payment processing system yourself. There yeah. was no PayPal. There was no, there was no like authorized.net. You had to connect with Chase yeah. and with, you know, with their payment tech APIs and stuff like that. You had to build your own shopping cart yeah. with your own bare hands, right? Uh, there was absolutely. no Shopify. There was, no, there was Shopify. no third party shopping carts that are, that make life easier. Yeah. So looking at that journey from, 20 years and, and all of that, all of that journey that you've had, this whole landscape, where do you see us now and where do you see us going uh, into the future? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a massive shift, right? I mean, e-commerce is booming everybody. I mean, that's a that's a given for, for everybody, you know, watching, watching the show. But there is being there is a, a in my opinion, a, a seismic shift occurring right now. Um, you know, 50% of product searches still originate on Amazon. So you want to be there. So for all the stores, all the companies that are just on on uh, Shopify, I mean, you are giving up that where your customers are searching half of the time for products, right? But During the holidays, that jumps up to over 70%, yeah. by the way, on Amazon yeah. as a yep. product search engine. Yeah. Yep. So, but, you know, Amazon used to be almost 50% of U.S., us e-commerce they're down to about 37 percent because customers are diversifying their shopping experience right i mean you, you saw TikToks. the we just partnered with them uh for social commerce so that it's another big benefit of tradeful is that we're out and we're doing all of this work on on our customers behalf to establish these relationships and these partnerships to help 
drive new revenue opportunities as they become available. So you can be at the forefront while you focus on your products or focused on how to get them sold for you. But I believe that there's a, a massive trend coming in, in the social commerce space. Customers are diversifying where they're shopping. And that's what that's what our unified commerce you know, platform helps you do is be where your customers are at, meeting them with the, the, the type of shopping experience that they're looking for based upon the platform that they're on. And every platform strategy is different. There's similarities, right? I mean, you have your marketing strategies, you have your, you know, how do you demand generate, but demand generation on Amazon is completely different than demand generation on Shopify. And we help bring that expertise to bear, uh, through, through our platform and make sure that your products are everywhere. Now, one of the things I personally observed, right? And, and we went, the world went through a huge upheaval over the past several years. I don't want to name what the event was because I don't want to get my video blocked on YouTube because they think that I'm giving health information here, which I am not. I'm talking about the business side of it. But the stuff that I was, the adoption of e-commerce that I was anticipating, because I've been in, in, in the game since the beginning of e-commerce, I was anticipating those changes to occur in 2035, right? Mm -hmm. With the level of adoption that happened. And then because of that world event, what happened was everybody's grandmother knew how to uh, use Zoom to, to have family meetings, right, on Zoom. And we use it for, we use it for business, but people started using it. Uh, for that and during that time you also you saw that um you know facetime and stuff like that they started also incorporating more group meetings and stuff like that because there was a lot of this seismic shift and zoom became a, a very popular platform but besides that instacart uh, delivery amazon's uh, amazon's uh, revenue during that first quarter of that world event when it happened actually beat out their holiday sales in a period Typically, Amazon actually sees a slowing down of, of revenue. Yep. They beat out their prior Q4 of that yep. year, you know, and, and that to me proved that this thing is not going to stop and it's, it's more people are becoming aware of it. So that's one, one thing that I saw. The second thing is the prominence of marketplaces, right? Knowing that, oh, you know what, if I'm looking for anything, for example, in the U.S., Amazon is the marketplace to go to. In other parts of the world, there are other marketplaces also. And number three is is mobile adoption, uh, meaning that you don't have to have a computer, you don't have to have a desktop or a laptop in order to shop. Uh, the the adoption of mobile commerce improve increased tremendously over that time. Those are kind of the three things that I that I saw in consumer behavior shifts that happened. From your lens, what what other things that you have you seen, like from an industry trends or the shift in consumer behavior that you have seen over the past? Because it has been a historic yeah. time in the past yeah. these past five years. Yeah, I mean, uh, the biggest shift I've seen is diversification of where buyers are shopping. I mean, the customers are not, you know just going to their favorite place of amazon anymore they're going and they're more willing to buy from direct-to-consumer websites they're more willing i mean you're seeing increase in marketplace of sales on walmart you're seeing basically i mean macy's is in the process of launching a marketplace right now right so you're seeing new wow. customer journeys occur i mean obviously the TikTok and the and their shop shop TikTok platform is going to be a huge huge boost to 
to shopper diversity and where they're buying. So that's what I see. And I think getting your products and on all of those platforms is critical. Making sure that you're where your customers are buying it is, is, is essential and very critical. It's like legacy retail, you know, everybody wanted to be in a Sears. They wanted to be in a Macy's. They wanted to be inside Nordstrom. That was the goal, right? Well, that same mentality should play out today in the e-commerce world, which is how do I get into the biggest and best retailers where my customers are shopping? And that, that I think is critical. I mean, if you look at some of the stats like Amazon, more than 120 million active shoppers, all the way up to 200 million active shoppers, depending on seasonality, yeah. right? That people are showing up. This is why when you have your product on a platform like Amazon, it's like the most popular mall mm -hmm. uh, just told you they have a, a real estate open for you because your name was on the list and you, you want to open up that store. It's a no brainer conversation. You just go and open up your store. But when it comes to Amazon, people ask so many questions about, you know, yeah. should, should my brand be on Amazon? Actually, I, I co-authored an article in Harvard Business Review uh, titled exactly that. Should your company sell on Amazon? Mm -hmm. to, to actually look at some brands don't belong on Amazon. Other brands definitely belong on Amazon. Yep. So it goes through that's kind of a scorecard. Now, what point... Um, in their journey with the brands when when they're going through their journey of e-commerce either they started up because one of the two things happen in most brands right well either they're launching a, a new one or it's an existing fortune 50 brand right mm -hmm. if, if it's fortune 50 most likely they will prioritize amazon that's the first marketplace they yep. will put their products up and then the branded site or the e-commerce aspect of it is going to be almost secondary for them. Mm -hmm. For smaller brands, they will go on and do Shopify first, and then they will extend it from there to, to Amazon. In what part of that journey is, does it make sense? And when, when they have certain questions that are coming up or pain points that they have dealt with, that they say, okay, you know what? I need a partner like Tradeful to to uh, connect with them in order to help me with this. What are some of those things that that triggers them to actually make that make that uh, journey with you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what we typically find is once they've reached some type of scale, whichever platform they've started on, whether it's Amazon or once they they started on Shopify, once they've identified that, hey, I'm 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 ready. I understand my product. I understand my customer. I understand my supply chain, which is critical, right? Because as you're scaling a company, do you have enough inventory? Because if you don't have enough inventory or supply to feed your.com, you know, are you ready to make that journey to extend that that sale? So you you essentially and that, these are all things that we help guide and strategize with. You know, what is the increase in sales revenue that we anticipate? Because let's say they're on Shopify, we'll do a study for their Shopify store. We'll tell them how, how to position the products on Amazon, what we think demand will be, what we think advertising costs will be, and what we think the ultimate return will be, which is which is the critical piece of, of that journey. But it's generally, it, it comes whenever they're thinking about diversifying, thinking about getting to a different platform that we can really be helpful to them. Uh, if they're they just started their Shopify store. It's probably a little early for us, but we'll provide as much guidance guidance as we can of where we would be appropriate in that process. Yeah, I mean, in, in the talking about that early stage, right? They're not early stage start. Let's call it startup or pre-startup. Even mm -hmm. uh, they they launch their site. Um, 
and every brand at that stage goes through this problem. How do I fulfill? Right. They mm -hmm. make one of two decisions, right? One is, Hey, um, uh, until my orders get to a certain level, I'm going to just do it through my garage or to, through my basement, right? Uh, or, or drop ship, you know, mm -hmm. might do a drop shipping scenario. Um, number two, they say, Oh, you know what? Uh, I'm busy with my work and stuff. I've not quit my job yet because <laughs> this is a startup <laughs> hustle right now. It's a side mm -hmm. hustle. So let, let me see how I can do it. And I, I think Amazon has made it pretty simple to take your inventory. Just as long as you're selling it through their platform, you can send it to MCF. You know, you can connect yep. your Shopify to them to to fulfill those orders uh, for mm -hmm. you. Right. But eventually the operations of doing that, even though it sounds simple, actually becomes really cumbersome and you can face a lot of issues that mm -hmm. if you don't have the expertise to, you know, where, where Amazon is calling something, there's a, you know, some breakage or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the experience of how, how to handle that. That's a, that's going to be a lot of inventory loss for you. Right. Yep. Uh, and many other, I mean, there are so many sellers out there with their nightmares, you know, with, they had their own challenges. Everybody did. And that's just reality of, of selling on that marketplace. Now, when it comes to growth, though, uh, the bigger companies, they would try to do it through their own warehouses. Uh, but the thing is, the warehouse might know how to fulfill uh, wholesale orders and retail. They go like, we have the operations. Let's do that. But the thing is, each one of these marketplaces have their nuances, mm -hmm. you know. I, I think that's where Tradeful comes in to uh, to streamline that, so that they, you take yep. that off off that headache off of completely what um, off of that brand. The brand sends you the inventory, and from there, like you handle everything as their partner. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's absolutely correct, and 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 we take great pride, and I mentioned this earlier. Of we take great pride of our customers' customer journey and experience. Right. So, you know, Tradeful has been part of, for instance, the Seller Fulfilled Prime program since launch about eight years ago. And anybody that's seen that program know that the stats and the requirements of that program are tremendous and take a lot of work and a lot of execution to be successful. Right. Ninety nine percent on time shipping, uh, less than a point five percent cancellation rate and 98% on time delivery. And we maintained all of those standards throughout our process because we take such meticulous care in how we built this operation because we built it originally for our customers and now we're sharing it with our customers' customers that we help take that burden that they experience by trying to sort this out themselves or you know, kind of fumbling their way through the e-commerce the e journey. We take all of that on for them and we have the stats to, you know, kind of an experience to walk them through and prove that out. And, you know, we even handle the B2B fulfillment side, right? So, you know, as customers deliver in their B2B inventory to us, we'll utilize that inventory for their direct-to-consumer and their B2B, but we'll do the shipping to Amazon 1P, for instance, without compliance issues because we're built to handle and and maintain integrity throughout that entire process. And that's a really unique piece about Tradeful is the centralized inventory aspect. Generally, a provider or a 3PL provides small parcel fulfillment or you know, B2B fulfillment. They don't generally allow you to do both from within one operation. And that's, that's another secret sauce of Tradeful is that we allow that so you can 
maximize that usage of your inventory, maximize your turn, have it available for sale in as many places as possible. Why it's just sitting on a shelf, right? Why sit in in a in a XPO, for instance, and just wait for somebody to buy it whenever we could have it advertised and for sale for you. Because ultimately that inventory is cash. Yeah. <laughs> You're holding on to cash and not getting cash for it. Number one. Number two is that um, split inventory, mm -hmm. right? Uh, what, what if your forecast is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Which happens, right? Yeah. You you wanted to sell X amount of whatever on this place and then they did not sell enough. Now that inventory is sitting over there in that warehouse over there. Mm -hmm. And now you, you have... Um, you have sold out completely mm -hmm. on this marketplace because you underallocated. That's a horrible place to be in. It is. Well, like, but I have inventory. Well, that's allocated for retail. But, <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm sold out on Amazon. I need to bring it back into stock because I'm going to get penalized. Well, no, that's for retail. You know, yeah. that split inventory causes a lot of issues with growth. It causes bad customer service and especially a platform like Amazon that depends on KPIs. Everything is KPI, right? Yeah. That if you are, you can get delisted and, yeah. and you know, you, you can yeah. just get dropped very quickly. Yeah. And, I and mean, you have to inform about yeah. that. That's a major pain point I think you guys are solving and you're doing a great job of yeah. that, you know? Yeah. I mean, you spend all that money in marketing, right? I mean, I'll tell you a story. We had a company that did a Christmas run, a product, and it was designed, they were going to send it into FBA. And they didn't get here in time to hit the holiday cutoffs uh, to be within FBA fulfillment. Well, thankfully, they they had chosen us as a as a partner, and we were able to list their products with Prime for the holiday season, so that they didn't go out of stock and they didn't have to sit on that inventory for a year, because that's that's like one of the largest sins on Amazon is going out of stock. You spend all that money and building your rank and your velocity, right? And then you're out of stock. You immediately downtrend on Amazon. You have to keep keep backup stock and have it available at all times. It's critical. So uh, on, on this show, we cover like an in-depth case study of, of uh, what happened and how how that uh, journey was with, with a customer of yours. And I, I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, Pier one imports, you know, mm -hmm. and you were personally involved in that in, in that mm -hmm. journey there. So what happened? Well, we are all aware of what Pier One Imports is. You know, we've mm -hmm. definitely stumbled upon one of their stores in mm -hmm. either a strip mall or or a, a mall and stuff like that. So we know what they sell. Uh, so what happened in that journey? Let's take us from take us yeah. through that entire journey so that we can understand every aspect of yeah. Grateful. Yeah. So we 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 were lucky enough to uh, sign. Pier One imports as they changed to become a, an online only brand. Um, so after the stores had closed, so we were chosen to be their fulfillment provider at first. So to pick back and ship their goods. And essentially they chose Tradeful to do our tech stack and our ability to handle across mix of products, right? Because their product diversity is, is, is a lot right so from a small candle to a bookcase to a sofa right so we can handle that throughout throughout our network so they came in originally as fulfillment and then we started to show our technology and the omni-channel capabilities of tradeful so they are powered by a, a shopify shopify site and over time we were able to expand them to the marketplaces through our platform uh, it actually became 
uh, 20% of, of uh, GMV for them doing omni-channel uh, with us. And we were able to save them uh, significant dollars on their dropship program. I mean, it's tuned tune of five plus million dollars in just transportation wow. savings uh, by utilizing our technology stack and our and our programs. That five million goes directly to the bottom line. <laughs> directly to the bottom. You just line. improved. You just improved their profitability. Yeah, okay. directly, and and it and it at. I mean, no cost and a better experience to them uh, and their customer, right? By by utilizing our technology, which was a huge one, and I take great great pride in in being able to provide our retail experience and insights to to companies and help them really navigate this this journey. As you mentioned, we all got scars, and I like to help others from from getting scars. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think that's where. I mean, literally, experience pays, right? When mm -hmm. you have that operator who has done that for 20 years, they knew, they knew, they know the nuances. Even the ticket that you write to a support ticket you write to uh, Amazon to handle a situation, you have handled that a thousand times already, <laughs> right? It's, this is not your first time you're writing that mm -hmm. ticket just to mm -hmm. resolve an issue, for example, knowing what to put in it and what what you expect. What, what the other side is expecting you to provide so you don't have to do too much of a back and forth you're just giving them you're just giving them exactly what they're looking for yep. so that time to resolution is immediate yep. it's immediate yep. to very fast you know yeah and that's money that's all money right so fast time is money <laughs> yeah exactly so and that's all we bring all that ex expertise and experience to bear for everybody we work with so let's say you know you, you and I started on this brand um, uh, with Tradeful. Uh, it's it's a U.S. focused brand for now. Now we are we now we want to start expanding, right? Mm -hmm. There are certain definitely marketplaces that we can utilize in the United States to make sure that we have enough coverage, right? But yeah. what happens now when we go outside of the U.S.? Yeah. So our growth services team uh, will basically prepare a strategy for you, a pricing strategy. We'll do the market research. If there's any restrictions on your product, et cetera, we'll help classify all of your products, the harmonized codes. Our system and technology handles all of the duties and clearance for you. All the price adjustments are all automatics. You, don't, you can basically set a price inside Tradeful. We'll do the currency adjustment. We'll tack on the anticipated taxes to get the landed price. And then our price competitive engine will run essentially to make sure that we're competitive in the market. And we just basically take and list your products internationally. And we start demand generation the, the same way that you do it in the U.S. for the different platforms. And we start driving traffic and, and revenue and sales. And that's all handled between our growth services team and our technology. And essentially, it's just blessed by the customer. And here's how we want to go about it. Here's how we want to execute. And here's how we're going to deliver. Are there any product categories that are either challenging or uh, restricted that you say, you know what? Because uh, it's possible that I'll give you a category. Uh, for example, hemp CBD products, right? Yeah. Yep. In the United States, obviously, on marketplaces, selling it, it's, it's a little difficult or not. it's not possible. Some people mm -hmm. sneak it in. Uh, even on Amazon, they're mm -hmm. not supposed to. Uh, but then primarily it's a WordPress or a you know WooCommerce or a Shopify type of a site, right? 
to that's a that's a restricted category alcohol guns tobacco obviously those are all mm -hmm. in the united states but when you go outside of the united states um you might have other categories yeah. that may be restrict restricted or yeah. things that are restricted here in the united states may not be restricted over overseas you know in other countries uh are there any categories like that that um you may operate in but you know that they are challenging yeah yeah for sure so supplements uh is a challenging uh product to export there's a lot of restrictions around ingredients anything that anybody can consume uh, obviously different countries have different regulations on on what can be in so that's that's a product category uh, i mean you run across you know country like you know we work with india you run across some cross-border type trade restrictions on branded goods so it isn't even necessarily a category it's just mm are there licensors of that brand already in the country so there's some some gotchas on certain countries as far as restrictions that they might set to you know protect their economy but we help navigate those and surface those and we're we're very well versed in in how to move products and direct to consumer purchases around the world and and talking about like localization right where where now one part is globalization that's the 40 plus marketplaces now we're on every platform what about the localized aspect of it uh everything from language to currency to i mean the product restrictions we just covered mm -hmm. just now uh but um um other aspects of localization including delivery and customer service yeah so customer service is all provided by our teams in the language of the country that we're doing business in. Wow. So that's all provided to our customers. It's just part of it uh, as part of our service offering, uh, which is a huge value and benefit. Um, we operate our customer service team 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we cover all of the, the time zones and localization. I mean, we take a, a multi-tier approach to it. I mean, we use a lot of, um, machine translation. Uh, and then once we start to gain velocity, we'll go back and, you know, kind of add a human touch to that. But we mm -hmm. use a lot of machine translation to get it into the local localized languages of the of the countries. And and from um, like just general population perspective, um, uh, you know, Amazon is one of the biggest, uh, you know, e-commerce yeah, uh, platforms. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they are the number one platform in every country, right? Or or every yeah. region. Yeah. So how do you handle that kind of a, a change between who the real players are, localized players are in that market? Yeah. Well, so we like to work with the unique capability of Tradeful allows us to work with all of the different marketplaces because we have product that marketplaces want. What are they looking for? They're looking for selection, you know, I think Walmart just hit 200,000 sellers. Well, Amazon has 2 million, right? So what, mm -hmm. what we find whenever we work with marketplaces, since we have product and selection, it allows us to open that door and have a really unique relationship with them. So whether it's Mercado Libre in South America, you know, where Amazon is not the number one marketplace, our, our access to product and in-demand product is what really opens that door for us. And it's a big benefit to our customer base because, you know, we can, we can leverage, you know, an in-demand brand to open the door and then expose new up and coming brands through our relationships to introduce them to that market. So, you know, if 
you have maybe 10 SKUs in your catalog of, of an unknown product, uh, we can utilize our relationship to introduce that to that market through our connections. And that's a really unique, really unique offering that we have. Very cool. Now, um, one thing we have to say about, because we talked about our deep scars, right? And that's what we bring to the table when 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 clients work with us, right? But also, yeah. you we always have that one client that we call our star client, right? Mm -hmm. They provide you with amazing feedback on on what you're offering and and uh, the uh, the changes they would like to see or maybe new things they would like to see come out of you. So, are there any super clients like that? Amazing clients that you have that actually fed innovation into Tradeful? Oh, man, we, like no joke. This is, this happens almost every day. I actually got off a customer call, right? A prospective customer call right before this. And, you know, they, they were asking about, um, they do uh, mystery gift boxes and they wanted something that would automatically sub out the, the items in that mystery box based upon availability and order of what they have, right? And, Oh, that's a that's a great feature. And as part of bringing them on, you know, we'll add that into our into our tech stack because it benefits our platform for all customers. It's a unique benefit. But you take Pier One. Uh, we did a lot of a lot of um, customizations and building. I mean, they helped us design an entire dropship platform in our software based upon their experience in, in that space, and that went right into our technology stack and it's now a, cert, a product offering that benefits multiple customers that uh, we you know we've had customers you know it help us enable lot and expiration code tracking right so i yeah the supplement industry <laughs> yeah yeah every day um i mean we love hearing and working with our our customers and just having them what pain points are you experiencing in your business and how can we solve it and how can we do it in the benefit of scale of all of our customers? Because generally somebody's pain point is also someone else's, right? Like in general. So, and we really, I really take pride in that from a product direction at Tradeful. I mean, that's, that's what we've done um, since the beginning. We did it for ourselves first, but now we do it for our customers on a on almost daily basis daily basis. They actually get to meet with our product teams um, for scoping and requests. You know, but, you know, it's interesting that when you're problem solving like that, you know, when when some when a client gives you that challenge of, hey, this is this is our pain point and this is what we need to get solved. What's interesting about that process that you go through of problem solving and it's not just in that product category, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, what I can tell you in my in my career uh, that I have taken things from fashion industry and it was a solution for the supplement industry. I took something from supplement industry and it was a solution for a plumbing supplies company, you know, mm -hmm. and and it's interesting that and then when we implemented it in that category, that became an innovation in that industry. Yeah, but yeah. I, I did it 10 years ago in supplements, you know. Yeah. But but the, but that's where I think innovation is very interesting where it comes from. It's possible in one industry, it's completely they have the blinders on. They don't see that at all. But when when that gets introduced to go like, oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. The car industry has been doing it for 40 years now, you know, yeah. 
but but they never nobody thought of actually bringing that as a solution into this industry into this and it becomes yeah. an innovation you know yeah no that's so true we had a customer come to us a, a larger customer and they asked us hey do you have products that you that other customers of yours that you think would want to sell on our site so we're like yeah we do um so we created basically for shopify almost a miracle type based product which allows our shopify customers to look at products from other customers that we have and almost enable that that shopify store to become a marketplace now so mm -hmm. you know let's say you're selling uh barbecue spices but now you want to sell you know the, the grill flippers with it all now you have source and supply of the grill flippers so you have an in the same warehouse <laughs> in the same warehouse yeah. uh from and you know that your experience is going to be good we handle all of the transaction flow for that the, the management of the marketplace side and they get additional customers and additional revenue and it's a really a flywheel effect i take a lot of joy in the fact that we kind of created this flywheel with how our how our business works right you know we had a customer over here that wholesales you know towels and you know those that will go to you know sell on let's say pier one maybe and then they'll go to sell on our amazon business and then we add a new let's say we add a, another towel seller uh, direct to consumer website. Well, now we just increase the the volume of sales from the towel manufacturer through this new opportunity, right? Where we add TikTok shop. Now they're selling on TikTok shop. So it's just this really nice flywheel effect while our customers are focused on their products. And I'm sure that given the vast variety of clients that you have at Tradeful, you can also create a sampling program Meaning that if, if a brand wants to give you a small packs of cosmetics or whatever to uh, and, and they want to buy placement in one of the other clients' box, every order that goes out, right? You could yeah. you could insert those exact, you know, those samples in there to, to yeah. give them that traction. But traditionally, you would need to hire a separate package yeah. insert company yeah. and deal with the logistics of that. It's just mm -hmm. too much work. But if you have if you have all of it under the same roof, why not? You know? Yeah, no, that's actually a great idea. I'll, I'll take that one. We do inserts <laughs> now, but that's a that's a great idea. It was conceived on this show. People. <laughs> um, now uh, let's move to the 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 topic and the era we are living in. And this era, I call it the AI and the machine learning era, right? A any channel that you turn on, whether it's YouTube or CNN or ABC, you hear about. Um, uh, Chat GPT, Google's Bard, and all the variety of AI tools that are uh, given birth and stuff like that. Uh, what is Tradeful doing when it comes to AI and uh, and and or ML? Uh, so we do quite a bit. Um, it's different definitions of, of AI and ML, right? But I mean, we use uh, machine learning in our outbound logistics all day for customer experience and delivery uh on-time delivery performance management which carriers are working which carriers aren't which carriers we can send more through due to you know better than expected delivery statistics so we utilize that from an ai perspective uh we have some really uh cool tech that i'm about to disclose coming out but uh we you know different 
shopping platforms have different voices, right? So let's take Kohl's, for instance, who, who we sell on. They have a female-based uh, customer. So your voice for that, for that item, let's say on a sporting goods site, might that copy for that might be a completely different customer than what the than what speaks to a Kohl's customer. So what we're doing is we're creating a, a uh, an automatic generation of a voice for the channels that we sell on from the description and, and uh, data that we have in our system. And then which will ultimately help our customers increase their conversions and speak specifically through the retailer that we're selling through, which will apply to our Shopify stores, our uh, direct-to-consumer marketplaces, and even internationally as, as we understand the voices. So that's just uh, keyword enrichment we're doing via uh, AI now. I mean, so I mean, we haven't even touched the surface of, of what that technology is going to change in the next five years, right? But we are rapidly enabling that inside of our, our tech stack, all at the benefit of our customers. I mean, smart allocation... Yeah. Uh, AI-based forecasting. I mean, there are so many industries yeah. that don't even exist right now. Yeah. I think it's going to, it, we, we will see a lot of that implemented, yeah. especially in like supply chain operations, logistics, yeah. uh, allocating properly, yeah. things like that. I think it would be very interesting. Well, you bring up, you know, AI and forecasting. And one one thing that we, uh, I haven't mentioned about Tradeful is that you know, we're connected to your entire ecosystem, right? Whether it's your first party, your third party, seller, your B2B, your wholesale orders, all of that flows through our unified commerce platform. So what that gives us the ability to do is accurate forecasting for customers, accurate replenishment re recommendations. You don't have to go out and get, I mean, one of the most powerful pieces of our platform is our data and analytics capabilities because we're processing all of this information and we utilize that daily to help our customers better understand their business holistically instead of, you know, they try to pump, they export their Amazon data, their Walmart data, their Shopify data, they try to pump it into some, some type of data and analytics tool and then build all the mappings. We're doing the, all of that automatically for them and we have it. Uh, an amazing data science team here that is constantly working to help our customers better understand their business. I mean, we can do, you know, I've seen, you know, 3PL bills from some of our competition and, and, you know, we, we actually run it down to the skew profitability of that wow. item directly through our data and insights. And all of that comes from our retail background, understanding that, you know, this skew is or isn't profitable, you know, is key, you know, and then we make a recommendation. Should you raise the price? Like, do you have room to raise the price? Like all of that is built into this platform and it's uh, extremely powerful whenever it comes to our users. You know, one thing you just said, I want to, I want to reiterate it because I want to make sure that it has more impact. You know, I want to, <laughs> I want people to understand this when you are working with, like Shopify would have 27 different uh, data sources. With Amazon, you have hundreds of reports, right? And, and there's marketing and advertising reports, mm -hmm. there is fulfillment and operations reports. And then on top of that, you have your 3PL reports. All of those things 
if you one having access to it and make sure that you understand what it what those things are saying is a huge gap in the market right mm. one number two for you to make that actionable is is very hard number three cause and effect you did something and you mentioned your .com. You never mentioned your, your Amazon presence or, or Walmart or Target or Etsy or Flipkart or Mercado Libre or anything like that. You just mentioned your something.com, right? Casper.com. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but if you have now this view that you have that's universal, you never did anything on Amazon to promote this. You did Casper.com. But you see that when you look at that marketing report on casper.com you don't see that blip you know you, you were hoping for a huge sales lift you didn't you didn't see it well like you're yelling at the marketing person that facebook ad was horrible didn't work whatever if you don't have that purview of looking across and seeing that your amazon sales just bumped up by 27.8 percent because of that campaign you were not doing anything else your Amazon guy should not be patting themselves on the back, go like, oh, look how brilliant I am. No, it was that ca campaign you did for Casper.com. Mm -hmm. Why? In, especially in, the, in a marketplace, I mean, in a, in a place like United States where uh, so many households are prime households, it's very natural. What you said earlier, 50 to 70% product searches happen on Amazon. Even though you did Casper.com, they went to your site they got educated further about whatever you were trying to sell on that campaign. What is the ne next natural thing consumers do? Amazon.com or Amazon app, they're typing in Casper mattresses, Casper oil, Casper this, Casper that, right? And they see, oh, wow, they sell on Amazon. Perfect. I like it. Buy it. Boom. Absolutely. And that attribution is disconnected right now. If you don't have that, if you don't have that link where you see that, oh, wow, that's interesting. Uh, we just ran this campaign. We didn't mention Amazon. Amazon sales went up by 27.8%. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. But if those data points are not connected, you're missing. You're missing that connection between those two things, the cause and effect. And then what do you do? You don't do that marketing campaign. You think it yeah. didn't work. Oh, let's put all more money into Amazon ads. No, but that campaign had nothing to do with your Amazon ads, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you're spot on with that. It's a, it's it's amazing, like getting the holistic view of your business and all your channels and understanding what that data means is crucial to to your ultimate success as a, as a business owner. And, and that's what that's what we love to, to show people. How are they doing? How are they trending? What's working? What's not working? What insight can you make? I mean, another common common thing or mistake I believe people make is, you know, maybe they're on Amazon and they want to go to Walmart. But what, what's the typical pathway that they do? They generally take a couple sellers off of Amazon that are their top. And they're like, they're going to magically do great on Walmart. So they take them over to Walmart. Well, maybe the velocity is not the same. Maybe the customer base or the competition is slightly different. And they don't Pricing work. might be different. Yeah. <laughs> pricing yeah. the whole the whole Just the thing. demographic but, is different you know yeah yeah, yeah. The demographic everything is different and what you know we we encourage our customers to do is put their entire catalog over there have maximum exposure of their items and figure out what's working because each strategy for every channel is different so you know your blue toaster might do really well on walmart and your red one might do great on amazon and 
let, let's help you figure that out. But, you know, they probably take the red and put it over here and it's not the same, not the same customer base. And, and then they abandon the channel because they don't think it's worth the ROI. And that's, that's not how we approach the business at all. No, actually, that's a very crucial point. Uh, I can tell you from 20 years of my experience across multiple product categories, I've studied this very carefully. What sells on your.com? And, you, and, and some people do that. They say, oh, you know what? We have 100 products in our ca product catalog. We cannot afford to put all of it up on Amazon because of FBA, because of you list. The, I can mm -hmm. write a whole book on yeah. all the excuses, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they take those 10 products, they put it on Amazon. Those 10 products don't work on Amazon at all because no homework was done. The assumption was our top 10 best sellers should be the top 10 best sellers. But your demographic on your dot com is very different than general population on Amazon. Very different, you know, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. may not work for one of the fashion brands. The demographic ethnic demographic was completely reversed, completely different. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, we were going for our customers, our customers on Amazon. No, we just got brand new customers that have nothing to do with our brand that we have never ever thought that would buy from us. Yeah, and that that was a that was an interesting view yeah. of that because the thing is, uh, and and let alone when you go into uh, the diff there's a huge difference between Amazon and Mercado Libre and Walmart and even the Target customer is very different than understanding what those things are are so critical and and you're so right that initially even if you cannot optimize every one of your listings put up your product catalog the entire catalog up there because you will be pleasantly surprised that your top 10 on amazon might be a completely a different list than yep. your top 10 best sellers on your.com and walmart might be different and within amazon Selling in Canada versus U.S. versus Mexico, because that's a very natural transition yeah, most people yeah, do, yeah. right? That set might be completely different because people are different. You know, tastes yeah. are different. What yeah. consumption is different. You know, don't assume that just because this goes back to the problem was of uh, brands think that they are the center of the universe, mm -hmm. and I keep on beating it into them that they are not the center of the universe. The consumer is the consumer. <laughs> Wherever they are in the world, they decide what, where to spend their money and how they want to buy, right? Yeah. You're no longer, it's like if I go back to 1970s, Coca-Cola and Pepsi sits in the middle and everything revolves around them. Mm -hmm. Now, in this world, that consumer may choose not to even pick up uh, Pepsi or Coca-Cola. It may be Dr. Pepper, a specific uh, mm -hmm. seasonal flavor or local flavor that they came up with. You know, yeah. No, so the consumer isn't at the center of that universe, not the brand. Yeah, so true. It's always about what the customer is saying and doing, and I mean that's that's why customer feedback is so valuable in the e-commerce space too. You know, what's not working with this product? I mean, they tell you directly right. in the review, and then your ability to optimize that is is key. Yeah. No, I mean, no talking about the. Um, uh, the consumers that um, are so used to being serviced wherever they are, right? Um, I can, I can, you can sell on different platforms, but I can buy as a consumer on any platform. And my expectation is for a well-distributed product, I should be able to pick it up anywhere, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, what is that kind of omni-channel experience uh, so that it's seamless across the board? Either that or 
and or like I bought it from yard.com, but I, I don't want to deal with the postage. There is a store near me. Can I, can I want to do my return there. A lot of brands actually fail at that even today. It's, it's incredible too that we are still talking about it, <laughs> but they still fail at that customer service. You know, it's like when they, when the customer is returning something, it's a horrible experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a massive, so, so we handle reverse logistics. We have a, a, um, platform that we offer to Shopify stores or all, all of a big commerce where you can go in and create your return labels. We support return to vendor, return to store. If you're a retailer based upon your location, um, it's actually a, a neat product, but it's all about the customer experience and the journey and, and reverse logistics is, you know, it's starting to become a hot topic, but you know, it's kind of brushed under the rug a little bit. I mean, everybody's focused on the outbound, but the same technology that powers our outbound from a cost optimization also powers our in our returns, which is a huge benefit to our customers as well um, from that. But there's an entire merge in the ecosystem of omni-channel, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's why we're using the term unified commerce because it's not just e-commerce anymore. Customers want to be able to walk into a store, return it online or buy it online, return it in store. And that's what we're help crafting through our platform is the ability to do that. Well, well, well. I mean, I, I think this was a power packed episode, right? So what is your number one? I, I'm sure, Eric, because you have lived this life and uh, for the past 20 plus years now, right? What is your number one hundred million dollar recommendation for business for brands and businesses e-commerce businesses that want to scale across 40 plus global marketplaces what is your number one recommendation number one recommendation is to um uh choose your service providers carefully i mean it's it's go where your customers are right i mean it's Look at where your product is, do the research, understand what's selling in those markets, make sure that you have a market fit and then launch on those on those channels and those marketplaces. We provide a way to do it extremely effortlessly because you think about the 40 plus service providers that you had to buy at the beginning of the show. Think about doing that for every single country, too. And we take all of that out of the mix. So that, that's what I would do. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, a massive thank you to Eric for unveiling his $100 million strategies today. And so you're ready to skyrocket your brand. Head to tradeful.com and tell them Growth by Severe uh, sent you for the golden touch. <laughs> so just uh, make sure you mention uh, this show and, and, and the fact that you saw Eric on the show. And if you want to um, uh, 2x to 10x your e-commerce game, uh, to dive into powerful case studies at growthbysevere.com. This is what I do day in, day out. And consider joining our Rapid 2X Mastermind or Hyper 10X Private Coaching. Well, thanks for tuning in again. For more powerhouse insights, catch uh, uh, this week with Sabir on YouTube. You can you can just if you missed any prior episodes, definitely go to uh, growthbysevere.com/live-show. It's just a short link to YouTube, uh, and you'll find amazing guests like like Eric uh, that have joined us uh, to share their wisdom with us. So until Next time, keep scaling. Bye, Eric. Bye.